you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Going to the hurry of offense. Takes the snap on third and goal. Carson fires left. Intercepted! And it's picked off by Terrence Newman. And he speeds to the 30, to the 40. He's inside the check that Xavier Rhodes. To the 30, 20. Graham is winged on the right side to play fake. Here's the toss. Baldwin's going to throw back to Russell. He's got it. Touchdown, Seahawks. Lions show a four-man front. They bring a fifth for a blitz. Bortles throws. It is knocked up in the air and intercepted by the Lions. It is Raphael Bush left side. Bush inside the 35. Inside the 30. Picks up a block. He's going to go. 10-5. End zone. Touchdown, Detroit Lions. How about that? Man, you got to be excited about these highlights. But at the same time, man, one of the announcers said Terrence Newman. It was Xavier Rose from Minnesota <laughs> who caught that 100-yard pass. Hi, it's your old pal, Ike Taylor. Substitute for Dave Damashek because Shaq's voice is kind of raspy right now. We have Miss Cynthia Free land in the <laughs> building, ladies and gentlemen. Can we get into it with this hurry-up offense? Please. Let's get into it, Ike. See, I told y'all. <laughs> I told y'all. Let's get into it. So all the Raiders now – a likable team, you know, with the patches, uh, the Al Davis era, the hard nose, the black hole. How do we feel right now about the Raiders? Miss Cynthia, I want to start off with you. I mean, I didn't ever think they weren't likable, so I guess they're no different for me because I liked them all. I mean, I, I liked them all along. I remember them being unlikable. But they're villains. Though. Right. They always were. <clears throat> Boy, you two are going to have them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can tell. I can but tell. They are one of the villainous iconic teams but along with to me thing? the Patriots and Cowboys. I come from a world where the Steelers are a likable uh, hero that everybody can root for. The Packers are that. But maybe I'm deluded because I grew up in Pittsburgh. You don't see the Raiders as being it's, one of those teams. I mean, I'm from Michigan. Like we, Maybe we're backwards about like, we're like, hey, we like them. They look fun. They're, hey, they dress like up. Bad <laughs> boy Pistons, yeah. I, I, I like the villain. I like being the villain. Yeah. And even though they have a, a clean-cut quarterback – and Derek Carr, if he grows his hair out, it looks like he can be a bad <laughs> That's what it looked like. I mean, I, I guess because of the jerseys, the right. black and silver, their fans make that black hole the black hole, let alone the team. I, I mean, right now I think – I'm not going to say the team is a finesse team, but it's not as villain as it used to be back in the day. But their fans keep that team with a villain atmosphere. Let's move on to the next one. Was Ray Lewis out of line on comments – on Flacco. So Ray Lewis is no stranger to making comments. I mean, he took a shot at Tom Brady before saying he's only known for the tuck rule or some version of that. Like mm-hmm. he's taken shots at quarterbacks before. This is kind of like his. But he apologized. Yeah. It's his old team. I'm sure, you know, he, wow. I don't think that, I mean, he's basically, I mean, what, we should probably say what he said, right? He said something like he doesn't have any heart or right. he questioned his, his heart for, of Joe for the game. Right. And then right. he apologized a day later. On one hand, Joe Fla- Ray Lewis, you would assume, knows something about the way Joe Flacco is. approaches things. Right. 
on the other hand, Ray Lewis has been out of that locker room for a few years now. And looking back at that Super Bowl, we had a few guys from that Super Bowl team roll through here 66 after that Super Bowl. And I would crack wise with the Ravens because not unlike the Steelers when they won the Super Bowl with Jerome Bettis and the Bettis back to Detroit then consumed everything. The Ray Lewis story, this is his retirement thing. Everybody... I, I would joke with the players, you guys all get Super Bowl rings, right? It's not just Ray gets one, right? And they would laugh and kind of roll their eyes, and they would say, you know, Ray, all that locker room speech stuff is really more for Ray than it is for anybody else. I mean, you know, where is – stay out of this, Ray. You have nothing yeah. to do with this at this point. It's, it's, it's kind of heartening for a former player slash teammate to talk about another player slash teammate, even if you dislike a guy. like. Right. I'm probably put in that situation a lot, but I'm still going to roll. If you've been a Pittsburgh Steeler, I'm going to roll with you because you're a Pittsburgh Steeler, mm-hmm. regardless on how you treat me or regardless of if I feel like you care for the game. I feel like Ray should have did that. I you know, I mean – I feel like Ray should have did that. And it says after he apologized that he shouldn't have did that. Well, he also apologizes to his cell phone and then tweets it out. I gotta handle this like a man does. That's the way a man does. Is that, that well? I think that's how Ray century. communicates. Like I think he sends voice messages. I, I, mean, think, I, I think I used to. I we used to be coworkers. I don't think he'd remember me, right. but um, I think he, I think that's actually how he. I think that's something he does. So I think he sends voice voice messages. I mean, he's he is the classic <laughs> platitudinous football guy who just you know let's just stay out of it, Ray. I I love him some Ike. But Ray, <laughs> love him, some Ray. I, but you know the difference between Ike and the difference between Ray is yes, the difference yes. between Ike. Ike watches a ton of film. Ike takes a ton of notes. You don't need to. You're a good enough player where you could come in and not prep. But Ike does prep. So in my opinion, maybe sometimes when we get a little like wrapped up and we're so passionate about what we're talking about, but if you have the prep to fall back on, your passion turns into a really awesome XO. It turns into some great you know, ways for other people to help you understand the game. And maybe sometimes if your prep is a little different, it turns into like a lot of words. And maybe that's kind of yeah, where that you went. Just say outrageous stuff that gets right. attention, like, "Hey, LeBron James is overrated." We know somebody who has made an entire career oh, out yeah. of that kind of stuff. Yeah, who? Hey, Lewis Fields. No, we we don't give out names. <laughs> we don't give no props. <laughs> just skip. I'm going to hey. skip answering that. Yeah, yeah. So let's go to the third question <laughs> with this hurry up for Miss Emma, one of the producers, get in my ear like Ike. Wrap it up. Two things you're watching this weekend. You want to go first. Ladies first. Okay, so my fun stat about Matthew Stafford is Mm -hmm. that in the past three, over the past three years, he's actually thrown for something like 345 yards on every Thanksgiving, which is kind of crazy because the years he's thrown a ton of yards, but he's won those games as opposed to in the past. Usually you throw a ton when you're not winning. Right. So I'm actually seeing how I mean, I'm a Detroit fan. I want to see if Matthew Stafford's arm can continue. I'm really excited for that. I guess that's Thursday, not necessarily the weekend, that's but right. counts and for me. You may be revealed as uh, you might be exposed here if you're listening on Friday to the show. What if he gets shut down by Terrence Newman and Xavier Rhodes on that gang? We'll see. That'll be rearview mirror stuff, Freeland. That's right. One, I mean, I'm going to watch NFL football on Sunday, obviously. Right. Um, you are? The, the one game, I mean, circle <laughs> it now. Well, first of all, IU and Purdue battling for the oak and bucket there yes. in the state of Indiana. And another uh, meaningful Big Ten battle. Maybe the Ohio State and Michigan. Ohio State. Ohio State. Oh, I'm definitely yeah. watching That's that. Fine. It's so early here, too. Yeah. We have to get up at like not. It's not at 9 a.m. or it's. Yeah. Got it. Some goodness. You got right. excited. Oh, I love I, that's <laughs> the best know. one every year. Yeah, Michi- we're from Michigan. Every game doesn't have to be played at night. Every meaningful game. This is one of those ones that they thankfully do continue to play. You know, right at noon. Can we play you at three thirty Eastern? Come on, no, no, get no. those West Coast people a little bit of sleep. I hear you, but I love that. <laughs> I mean, the, the, the steel gray sky in the Midwest and all that stuff will be in full effect. And uh, whoever wins that one goes to the Final Four. Who's going to win it, Ike? We, I don't Ugh. know, but we, we we talked about. I'm going to stick with the NFL. <laughs> we talked about the the AFC West and how tight it is between the Broncos, KC, and the Raiders. It's a tight race. Uh, two of them teams gonna might hit the wild card with good records, meaning everybody else in the AFC got to fall in line. Right. Like if you if you losing more than five games 
uh, six might get you an invite. Might, depending on how you do in your division. Right. Not even your division, just the AFC games, one or loss, period. But I'm just interested, and I can't wait to see about week 17, even though we got a little ways to go. Week 17, we'll be here before you how do. this AFC West will turn out. I completely agree with you, and people often point out, well, that's impossible. I mean, people always love to play vapid cynic about this when I, in the preseason, will say, well, that's the best division. They're going to put two wild cards, and people say, oh, that's two, what, three teams from the same division are going to make the playoffs? Yeah, it happens all the time, people. But I'll say this. Don't sleep on those Bills or Dolphins. I won't. The AFC West teams all are playing each other, and so they're going to knock each other's record down. The Bills and Dolphins have a little chance to make one more. Oh, I was just going to say back to your Ohio State Michigan answer. I'm really worried that there's no the Michigan quarterback. He's out. He broke his collarbone. It's a big. It's a big problem. So that's very scary. But I think somehow Harbaugh pulls it off because he's just that crazy. Okay. Uh, On that note, (laughs) let's start the show. (laughs) Yes. Hi, it's Ike Taylor, substituting <laughs> for your old pal, Dave Damashek. He's kind of raspy with his voice right now. Sitting far to my right, your left, is Miss Cynthia Freeland. Welcome to the Dave Damashek Show, man. Sponsored by McDonald's. All day breakfast, every day, all day. Monday through Saturday, Monday through Monday. Go to McDonald's, get you some breakfast. Please. Got hash browns, got biscuits, got pancakes. Whatever you're looking for. McDonald's have it. Even on Thanksgiving. Even on Thanksgiving. Open 24-7. That's right. We call that uh, Ike Taylor and Ben Roethlisberger. I don't know what that means. 24-7. <laughs> I'm sorry. Perfect. I'm oh my slow Perfect. draw there. Oh, Perfect. my gosh. Okay. <laughs> it's, 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 it's Ike rough. Roethlisberger. Yeah, it's, it's rough out here. Do you think it's, on that, I mean, you should probably introduce yourself. Okay. I'm Ike Taylor. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> Got to say the yak in of the Ike Taylor. It only makes it right. Let's go to number three, man. Ike's Week 11 escape goat. By the way, we're going to get Cynthia's intro. Ike, you might be interested in this because she – Are we working on it? Well, she is – maybe you could chip in here, though, because she – did the video for Matt Money Smith. She participated with Handsome Hank. Probably the best thing I've ever done professionally. Oh, I'm I'm so happy about it. I wish she was here just so we could watch it. She she wants to make her, well, we have assigned her. She says she can play rap songs on on a keyboard. I think you could collaborate with Ike and come up with something. I mean, can Ike do the vocals? That'd be so I got you. Just let me know what I need to do. I I like that answer. That's all. Just let me know what I need to do. I'm a likable guy. Uh, uh, let's go with this escape goat um, for week 11. And I have my escape goat, Alex Smith. Um, I think defensive-wise on the Kansas City Chiefs, they have everything you're looking for uh, from a defensive standpoint, especially in that secondary. You know, they're getting the linebackers back they need to. They're getting healthy. Um, got a boatload of running backs. Ware is finally coming back. You saw he was running with a temper tantrum last week. Got receivers. Uh, Tyreek Hill is coming along. Macklin, you know, he's been in and out. They really like Tyreek Hill. Yeah, they, they, they really, really they like really him. They really do. But Alex Smith, I feel like he's the kryptonite, you know. And and if just looking at Coach Andy Reid, and no disrespect to Coach Andy Reid, they're a good regular season team, great regular season team. But for the playoffs, it's hard to find them. So you just go back to Philly days when they had McNabb, T.O., Westbrook, um, Pickett, all them guys. Under Coach Andy Reid, they do real good in the regular season, but the playoffs, I feel like they just can't get over that hump. Mm. That West Coast offense just can't get over that hump. Is that what it is? I mean, because it's easy. I mean, you can point to the evidence, and it's Mm -hmm. hard to argue against. Why is it? Is there something that Andy Reid philosophically, strategically, or otherwise does that you see that in January doesn't translate the way it does? Because he gets his teams to the playoffs right. almost every year from yeah. Philly to KC. They always are in the dance. You know, one thing I'm really curious to ask you about, mm-hmm. do you, I've noticed, so one thing you see is that Alex Smith 
year in and year out has one of the shortest average depth of targets. So he's not throwing the ball down the field right. very far, obviously. But also the play calling seems to be very like you're when you line up the play calling, especially like in fast situations, two minute drill, like trying to score before halftime, it's very not the same as other teams. So you see like it's still the slow pace. You still you don't see any real differences to kind of take advantage of the clock. I'm curious, like, what have you? They're they're not a come from behind team. No, they, they came from behind. Once like slow and early. steady. Yeah, they did yeah, that just, first game against just, Chargers. Yeah, just once. Mm-hmm. But the way that West Coast offense is built, it's not built to come from behind. It's built like if we're tied ten seven, then maybe fifteen. Uh, 10, then maybe, but coming from behind, that West Coast offense isn't built for that. That West Coast offense is a rhythm offense. So as soon as the quarterback drops back to his third or fifth step, he's ready to let that ball fly. But if a receiver or a tight end isn't open, it's hard. Now he's patting the ball, patting the ball, patting the ball. Green Bay have the same problem right now. But you have Aaron Rodgers, who's a little bit more athletic, uh, getting out of that pocket than Alex Smith. Now, running vertically, Alex Smith, he can run. But laterally, I think AR has the the upper hand on Alex Smith. So he's able to buy time and find open guys. He's able to scramble and find open guys. Alex Smith, sometimes he's not able to do that. On the consistent, he's not able to do that. But with that West Coast offense, what you do with the West Coast offense is you bump around the receivers. So you bump around the receivers, you get your hand on them, you throw the timing off between the receiver and the quarterback. And that's what happens a lot because in Alex Smith's mind, he one, two, three, bam, such and such ain't open, shucks. Like, what do I do now? Okay, my check down, shucks. What do I do now? So that's why you see a lot of short passing, a lot of wide receiver screens. A lot of a lot of times Tyreek Hill is in motion, you know, just to get just to get open, have option routes so a defender doesn't get his hand on him. That West Coast offense is, is, is good, but it ain't nothing but a triangle. And what I mean by a triangle, you can always have somebody in front of the ball. You're always going to have two, two people outside on the hashes. That's all that West Coast offense is. Once you can figure that out in the West Coast offense, disrupt the timing – they have problems. And high-end defenses can do that, I assume, because Easy. of the pieces that they put out there. If you have strong corners, which better teams are going to have, which is what you're going to see in January, which uh, which is interesting to me. <clears throat> it occurs to me here in 2016 that you have a battle for what January is going to be is a battle for the soul of football going forward for the next year or two because – you have a bunch of teams out there all of a sudden. You know, this is the quarterback league, and it's all offense, and the defenses are helpless out there because of the rules changes. But all of a sudden, if you look around, you have Houston, KC, the Rams have a dominant defense. A dominant defense. I mean, that is a great defense. Yes. Maybe the best one in the NFL. Aaron Donald yep. made Laramie Tunsil yeah. like, look like a high school they have player. Nothing a- out Aaron there. Donald, when I really caught a hold of Aaron Donald, was last year on the top 100. Yep. And when you, you look at the top 100, it's letting you know what other players are thinking about other players. Mm-hmm. Correct. So once I looked at the top 100, I said, you know what? I'm going to look at these top 100 guys, and I'm going to slowly watch tape. Mm-hmm. And so you go, you see Aaron Donald go from 90s all the way to the top 20. And it's like, dang, I had that big jump. Okay, let me watch tape on Eric Donald, Aaron Donald. So you watch tape on Aaron Donald, Now I was like, oh, yeah, he a grown man. A grown man. What Ndamukong Sue is supposed to be doing, that's what Aaron Donald does on a regular. Right. But he's and built, quietly like, he's built and like an old-style middle linebacker. He, if, if he walked uh, into the room, he does not cut the no same fat, figure. No fat like, on him at all. Gerald no. McCoy is an outsized – Calais Campbell is giant. These are his peers, and yet he's built, like I say, like Gary Brackett or something like that. <laughs> yeah. It's surprising when you see him in person. He's so quick. He's always in the backfield. Yeah, he plays not, anywhere on that defense but line. With yeah. a, so you have <clears throat> these teams because of free agency and otherwise – you, there are very few complete rosters in the NFL. I think Seattle is as close as you can get to a, a full roster uh, balanced uh, on both sides. 
But I feel like – so you're going to have a lot of teams get into January that are just all defense. Denver won a Super Bowl playing that kind of ball. And then on the other side, you have some teams that really don't have much defense. They're going to be all offense. The Oakland Raiders, is a, yes. for instance, I don't think – maybe that defense will round into they're, shape in January. They're getting – their defense is getting better. It I is mean, It is coming together. All you have those disparate parts, draft picks, Carl Joseph, you, Reggie you know, Wilson. No, I mean – You know what's crazy about the Raiders' defense? Alden Smith. Might be coming back. Yes. Soon. And when he comes back, it can be real scary. You do not want to get behind the chains with Alden Smith because mm-hmm. we know what he can do. You know what he can do. He, he's been proven to do it year in, year out, but his off-the-field decisions have been horrible. <laughs> I heard about those. Yeah. Why don't you two do – now let's turn it positive. So you did your escape. You like goes. positive. Alex Smith. Yes, mm-hmm. that's my way. I have a Sunday disposition, <laughs> Uh Why don't you two and Ike start us off with, who are you loving this week? Where do you – Freeland, where's this Oakland offense rank for you among uh, the other powerhouse offenses out there? You have the Patriots. You have – I think Seattle now. You kind of have to – maybe they're on the cusp of being considered one of the best offenses in the NFL right now. And uh, and then, of course, you have the uh, the Dallas Cowboys offense. Is that number one still? Uh, well, for me, what I ran uh, – tried to do last night, I'm not quite 100% done because, you know, we have to – we it's only what Wednesday, so we go into Thursday before you know it'll be done tonight. So ultimately, what I ran was I'm looking for um, chances to make the playoffs. I just care what what the difference is week over week. So for me right now, Patriots. Let's set them aside. They're already over 95 percent. Okay, same with the Cowboys. Set them aside too. Seahawks made a big jump. They're up over like 90 something percent. Oh, put them aside too, right? So for right now, what I'm looking at with the a- when I look at the AFC specifically, um, it's really going to come down to can that offense and what we saw from the Oakland Raiders on Monday night was that they can do it in the air without a run game, which is crazy. They can find they they had like almost no rushing yards based on what they typically do, and that number five kind of overall ranking going into this week in terms of total offense in a game, I, you saw them do it now. You saw them find a way to win with the with the run game almost entirely eliminated. Well, they, they they had something that we like to see, splash plays. Yes. So they had three touchdowns over 30 yards. That's so right. So when you have three touchdowns, well, I think the first one was 29, 29 yards. But let's just say Whatever. over 30 Close yards. Enough. Right. Yeah. You get three touchdowns over 30 yards, man, one by your fullback, and you saw what Amari Cooper did, like he ate him up. Then you have one yes. by your running back in the slot on this, on, on this breakdown. It's like you're right, Miss Cynthia. We're finding ways to win and get in the end zone slash paint without a running game. So they had the big splash plays, which the defense don't like, nope. but they gave up last night. But that's how it is sometimes. And you got to look at yards after contact and yards after the catch, and those were also big factors too. So they didn't have a run game like in terms of you know handing the ball off, but they were able to make things happen on the ground. So for me, they're right up in there. It's that that the AFC picture is a little bit unclear just because you know this the the Steelers and the Ravens are kind of all tied up over here, and the Bengals kind of fell off because they lost a bunch of pieces of their offense. And so to me, that the AFC West is so interesting. You could conceivably have two sure. in there. Who you loving? Yeah. Well, <clears throat> I'll tell you. Well, first of all, who I'm loving is – well, first, I, I'm loving the, the job Ike Taylor's doing as the host of the DDFP Gangbusters. Yes, crushing it. And I do want to talk about uh, DC's offense in just a second. Okay. And by the way, that is something as a side note that I'm loving is – I guess that's what I'm getting at when I say these defensive dominant teams and then these powerhouse offenses. And I love seeing Derek Carr sling it deep. And that's what Seven's doing for the Steelers. He's throwing those deep balls and Dak Prescott making plays. But with that power offense, and just grinding you with Zeke Elliott. The point I'm getting at is I, the, the reason I loved college football growing up is if you watch Big 8 football, they're going triple option, you know, a lot of lot of uh, that kind of looking uh, ball. And then you watch, uh, you watch Pac-10 ball and they're slinging it all over the place. I like different styles. I don't like it when everybody in the league is running the same offense. And you see all different brands of ball out there right now in NFL 2016. So I can't wait for January. Meantime... What about Jeff Fisher wearing his hat backwards with the goatee the other night in the right. rain and the other day in the rain? I, the, this to me, I was, I, I loved it. 
<clears throat> but I was laughing at, not with. I, you know, why? I'm fairly sure he was just trying to protect that little back tuft of hair so that That's when his right. press conference after it would be all dry. Priorities, priorities. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, to I answer mean... questions about Jared Goff, he had to look his best. Um, <laughs> but uh, this is, I just want to show you. See, this is where we are 2016. You know, Bill Belichick, how he looks. This is what I want for my head coaches in the NFL. And I've talked to Mike Nolan about this, who once wore a suit out on the field. Why can't, why can't Harry Potter? You like, want him to look more like right. Harry Potter? Why can't they, look like, <laughs> why can't they do the Hank Stram thing? Why don't? Why can't they wear a blazer with the uh, company with the uh, team logo on it? Why can't they wear hats like uh, like Tom Landry? Better yet, why not like uh, Bum Phillips used to do for the Houston Oilers? Wear his cowboy hat and his cowboy boots out there. Bruce Arians I mean, wears you, a hat. You know, like is it, them suits expensive? They be getting all dirty. <laughs> you know, when you just wear what Coach Fisher was wearing, man, you just give it to the laundry guy and they wash it right quick. You know, you know that dry cleaning a little bit more expensive than know, just that we're laundry. In, we're in between. Everybody's made the joke about, you know, why do the old men in baseball sit there, the fat guys with uh, the baseball uniforms on? That's silly. But NFL coaches have now wound up in between. They don't wear the football uniform, but they look like they're going to go for a workout. Called athleisure. Like they're wearing a, athleisure. Wear tie. Look cool out there. Wear, you know what? <laughs> I coached my son 10U team. So for next year, I think I'm gonna start dressing. Yes. up. Yes. Oh my gosh, you have just to. He'd you. be he'd be a little embarrassed, and it'd be great. I'm gonna start dressing up just for you with a hat. Maybe. Uh, we, maybe he could pull off like a Stetson. Maybe. Like a you know. Like maybe a cool... I'm gonna start dressing up just for you. Tell us about uh, Kirk Cousins. You saw some things on Sunday night as well, right? Oh yeah. Like Kurt ain't playing no games. Like Kurt wants Kurt, to get paid. Yeah, Kurt. Kurt thinking about that. <laughs> He's that going oola, to. That that ooh wee. He thinking about that ooh wee. But Kirk Cousins, man. I've been saying this, and everybody been like, oh, he's up and down, he's sketchy. Oh, he has a lot of playmakers around him. But he's getting them the ball, and he's playing with a boatload of confidence. And you know a hot Kirk Cousins might be hell right now. I mean, you got D-Jack, who's having a down season, but you got to keep your eyes on D-Jack mm-hmm. because he's a big play guy. You have Pierre Garçon, who's going to work the slot. Now you got a young stud in Crowder. Mm-hmm. You got a young man in Crowder who's a mismatch problem because you're worrying about D-Jack and Pierre Garçon. We ain't even talk about Jordan Reed. It's crazy. And how he goes down the seam and make plays. And now you got Fat Rob. Fat Rob, a new Fat Rob. My <laughs> running back from Tulane. Got my running back from yes. Tulane. It would have been so easy to just call him R. Kelly, but you go the extra I, I, mile. No, I know. That's, but that's what they call him, Fat Rob. That's so Fat Rob, he's like handling his business. This man has perimeter guys at his disposal, yep. and he's playing with a whole lot of confidence. He's seeing Dak. He's seeing Carson Wentz. He's seeing Big Ben. He see what they got paid. But he like, do y'all see what I'm doing right now? He's talking to the front office. Like, well, he, I mean, he's going to love his Did teammates. you see that amazing video? Where yes. He's like, yeah, that yeah, he's so talking good. to the front office. So good. Like, since y'all didn't want to pay me, <laughs> I'm going to make y'all pay me. We're going to go further in the playoffs. But year, that's great. Guaranteed. That's like what you know, like that's awesome. Good for it's him. Confidence is right. one to prove people wrong. It's believing in Love yourself, yeah. having confidence in yourself. And Kirk Cousins has shown that for the past couple of weeks. You know what? You first of all, <clears throat> practically speaking, it is not as easy as as uh, you lay it out there. It's one thing to say, but you know, find you know. Go into, and it's what you've given Dak Prescott a lot of compliments on over the course of the season, too, is not locking in on one receiver. He's throwing the ball to the open man there, and that's, like I say, easier said than done. Also, I interviewed him last January. I went out to D.C. and kibitzed with him a bit. And I said to him, you know, if you've ever seen any of the NFL film stuff on him when he's mic'd up in a game, as opposed to Peyton Manning, Dan Marino, or other guys, who yell at their guys, you better, you know, but, you know, they, they get after their guys. Kirk Cousins is super encouraging. And I said, you know, Kirk, if I were an NFL wide receiver, which I may or may not be one day yet, I don't know, maybe 2017 will be my year. Either way, I said, I would want to play with you because you're, he's like, you're, you're the best in the business. He says to all his receivers. And I said, why do you do that? And he said, because if they don't play over their heads, I have no chance of making it in this league. I love that kind of humble because it seems sincere with him. It was not arrogance or anything else or, or false modesty. Right. He believes that. No, he's he that needs, kind of guy. He's a team guy. I like that. He's a, he's a we guy. He's not an I guy. He's a we guy. And you can just tell from the sideline. But let's move on to this red challenge flag. Oh. Picks. What you got going on, Miss Cynthia? This is a solo from Cynthia Freeland. No, no solo. Get- no solo. Uh, Red Challenge Flag Picks. Oh. Yeah. 
Red challenge flag. Pick. Your raspy voice sounds yeah. perfect. Better than usual, yeah. right? Better than the norm. This is an upgrade. I you agree. need to keep it like that. I mean, it's really like it's coming together. Nicely. It gets you more mic time, Mike. I like this. Okay, I, let's. I, we might do this going forward. And let's go with these quick picks between Miss Cynthia. Let's do it. Check and I, myself. New England versus the Jets. Pats. Patriots. Patriots, okay. Yeah. Don't need to waste time. San Fran versus Miami. But you know what, Ike, real fast, actually, before, <laughs> before we do move on, I want to ask you one thing about the Patriots. Okay. I mean, isn't this a terrible time for Belichick to be sending I, – I, if that's, in fact, what he's doing, or maybe there's something behind the scenes with Jamie Collins and uh, with Jabal Sheard. But this seems like a real – I get that he is running an organization that is bigger than just Tom Brady, but isn't this a weird time to be playing a game with 39-year-old Tom Brady's uh, legacy and everything else? Well, the defense, I'm just going to gut it because I don't like their their behavior of late. They can make it another two months with those pieces, or at least they could have with Jamie Collins, right? I got to get you out of the house. And that's how he feels. I got to get you out of the house. I got to get you out the dough because by the end of the day, this machine moves off of Tom Brady. Like, we, we never had a top five defense regardless. We had a top five offense for the longest. So as long as Tom Brady back there patting that ball, looking good, standing on top of his toes, moving laterally in that pocket, Oh, yeah, I really don't but need do a defensive think, guy. Do you think Belichick asks Tom Brady about these things? Do you think that's the re- relationship? Yeah, nope. You know who Belichick asking? Well, himself. I, well, I know that well, Sean Payton and company talked to Drew. Belichick Green. talking to third person every time he's making them decisions. So he's like, hey, Bill, what do you think we should do, Bill? Well, Bill? Let him go. <laughs> Bill, we should let him go. Okay, I'm going to let him go. Does Kevin Colbert, does Kevin Colbert ask uh, Roethlisberger anything? Colbert ain't asking nobody. No? Colbert has total control. Total control. He doesn't this, ask Mike Tomlin what Colbert ain't asking nobody. <laughs> that's that's what I do know. He's not asking nobody. Now, him and Coach T has a good relationship, which is key. That marriage is key because usually GMs and head coaches butt heads. Yeah, that's a lot. One last three years, the other last yeah. lot, whatever it is. Yeah, them, them boys find a way to have a cool relationship. Now, sometimes they'd be off – you know, off the rock a little bit, but, you know, you're just being competitive. But having this say-so, Mr. Rooney and company, Kevin Colbert has nobody to answer to but Mr. Rooney. Cynthia, from the outside looking in, don't you think it's a little weird in 2016, 39-year-old, I'm going to show the NFL what, I'm going to give him what for, Tom Brady and everything else, to hurt the defense, basically, from the outside looking in it. These certain the look like injurious moves. The, the thing that you have to – think about with the Patriots though is they they are like they have like cogs it's like literally next man up on that team so I would argue that you have to trust Bill Belichick that he believes his the replacement for whomever he's cutting is good enough to fill that spot for what he is asking of them because I don't I think he's super disciplined about his decisions I think if he thinks you know you're out it's because he's done the the internal weighing of like well I got this guy who can do just as well, or we can shift some things around. I don't think he would be doing it to the detriment of his team. And if there's a few coaches that – of the few coaches that you could say, like, we got to kind of trust their decisions, he's probably – Check. I'll put it to you them. like this. Richard Seymour, Big Vince, Ty Law and company in the back, Rodney Harrison, Mike Vabrell, um, who was my other linebacker? Oh, shucks. Brewski? Brewski. Did you say Brewski? Yeah. Sorry. Brewski. Teddy Brewski. So – when Tom Brady was young, so they relied on their defense, mm-hmm. you know. Now it's like Tom Brady is that guy. I need this strong defense because I got a young quarterback. But when my young quarterback, when he goes from a pup to being a dog, okay, now I'm going to rely heavy on my quarterback. I don't really need the piece I had on my defense back in the day. I just need to be – I just need them to be good enough to get us out the stadium because I know this guy on the other side is going to put up points. That's the way he's looking at it now. Now, when Tom retires, it's going to go back to that old school Vince Warfolk, you know, Ty Law, Ashante Samuel, uh, your Brewskis, your Mike Vape. Then it's going to go back. Then I'm like, oh, their defense, they on fire because they're waiting for the next guy mm-hmm. to get like a Tom Brady 
then you're going to say it again in the next 10 years. Like, well, isn't this inglorious? Like, Bill Belichick, he always, like, just disposes all the defensive players. I'm telling you, that's how he works. That's how you're impression of me. But you know what? <laughs> but you know what, though? I think Ike is secretly, like, an analytics professional because he's totally – he's actually embodying things that you know to be true. First off, if you have a strong defense, you're like, one has to be strong enough to overcome any deficiencies in the other. So, you know, if your defense has to be good enough to, for your offense to have more net points or your de- or your offense has to be good enough that your defense can get you b- b- better net points. So you're secretly an analytics Thank you. person. I appreciate that. we got to move on. Ms. All right, Patriots it is, bottom line. Okay. Patriots, yes. So can we go to Miami and San Fran? Who y'all got? Another easy one, right? Well, we said easy the first one, but we took five minutes on it. You're right. I won't take long on this yeah, one. It was it's your a fault. Super Bowl 17 rematch. I was, <laughs> uh, or I'm not Super Bowl 19. I so wait, I, Super Bowl. Yeah. I have Miami. 19. I have Miami winning, but I think it's going to be a bit closer than you might look at it and be like, Miami by whatever. Miami has been slow to make those offensive drives count. Their touchdowns have been coming late in games. They've been coming on wacky. I'm just Jarvis Landry. I'm just going to, like, walk this in and, you know, no 15 people aren't going to stop me. So it's those aren't ways of that really are accurately predictive of wins that they don't typically correlate because you're not going to get that Jarvis Landry play every single game. You're not going to have people put someone on their shoulders like that. And there's a lot of chaos in San Francisco in terms of they're calling different plays a lot. There's a lot of different things going on. You don't see any patterns emerge. So there could be one thing where, you know, there's a few coverage breakdowns that that O-line for Miami has been kind of tough, tricky because they've had some injuries. So they've been switching players around. So when you do that, you, and you're not super efficient on your drives anyways, it could be a closer game. I still think Miami wins, but I don't think it's going to be like 28 nothing. Shaq, take a break on answering this one. We're going to wait to the next one. Yeah. But to stick with Miami and San Fran, San Fran gave New England problems. Yeah, told you. A long time throughout <laughs> the game. So, you know, New England late had that surge and they wound up putting up a lot of points. But San Fran was in that game mm-hmm. for a while. And I think finally, you know, uh, Kaepernick is finding his way. One of the key mismatches, which y'all need to start watching, which the Raiders did last night, running backs on linebackers. Yep, yep. You know, that that's a key mismatch. Now, running backs on linebackers, man, they're starting, to, they starting to expose that a lot. But let's move on. Yep. To wait, both. wait, 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 wait. Yeah, what you talking about, wait? I don't understand. Did everybody catch that? That was a seminal moment in DDFP history. Did you hear 90 seconds ago Ike just said, you sit this one out, Check. This, uh, this was the move. Uh, did you see Ike's trying to make Ike it? power move. Ike no. Free. You saw that intro. Ike. No, because I, I want you to talk about this Buffalo and Jacksonville because <laughs> no. you're going to take 18 <laughs> minutes. I, right. I, I, do. <laughs> I feel bad for Carlos Hyde because he was, he was really very good. Right. He is the most forgotten high-end running back in the NFL. He's just stuck in a bum situation. Between the injuries in his career and now with this crummy team, he's really good. I, oh, I you put him somewhere else, somewhere. yeah. And in fact, yeah, I, I, but Freeland's right. I mean, uh, a guy should uh, make hay as long as that offensive line is right. Yeah. Or, or or it could be vultured by Damien Williams. Right. You never well, like. I don't know if it's it's for a fantasy play. You've seen the splits now. The running back is it's a shared backfield. Rex, Buffalo Rex, Jacksonville. Rex Ryan calls the Jags the best two win team he's ever seen. I don't even know what that means. But uh, anyway, I'll take uh, the Bills at home. Okay, let's go with these longer picks since we have yep. a lot of time to talk about. Denver or Kansas City, and they playing in Denver. All right, we got to get the red challenge flags out now. Yeah, it's where time are to they? start throwing more. <laughs> All right, thank you. All right, ask it again, Here. Ike. Okay. I tried to throw. Oh, it. I'll do this. I'll yeah. do these. All right, let's get into the uh, to the big games now. You guys choose them. Cynthia Freeland, big one in the AFC West. Chiefs, Broncos, choose. Broncos at home. I think Kansas City's defense is improving, but you still saw a little rust on Justin Houston. You had some people who weren't playing, some important ones, and you know, in their secondary. So for me, Denver defense over Kansas City offense makes the difference. Denver. The bye couldn't come any faster. I mean, couldn't come at a perfect time for Denver. You had to leave. He was out with the back injuries. He's yep. coming back. Roby had enough time and enough starts to really get in the groove. I feel like he's the best third corner in the league. Yep. You got Simeon, he's catching on. So I guess um, Kubiak as the offensive coordinator, he's going to really dial down that offense. But particularly getting these young guys between Emmanuel Sanders and Demarius Thomas, really want to get them in the passing game. Their running game between uh, Bibb 
and my young stud from Utah. What's his name? Devontae Booker. Devontae Booker. Booker. You know, he's really going to start using those guys. So I see Denver all day in America with this one. As good as KC is, it's just hard to beat Denver at Denver. I'm throwing the red challenge flag. Chiefs go in there and win this one. Alex Smith has a decent day. You can run. The Raiders proved that. You can run on this Broncos You can team. throw little short passes to running backs in, against the Denver defense, too. That's I think that, uh, you know, the, 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 it is starting to emerge. Yeah, Trevor Simeon has made some plays in the fourth quarter. We saw that in NOLA a couple weeks ago. But that's a game they still should have lost against a decent not great Saints team. I think the Chiefs go in there and make a point with Justin Houston now back. He's a he's an X factor going forward into mm-hmm. January. Where are your thoughts? You think you're wrong. Let's, <laughs> let's go to. I try. I <laughs> let's go to uh, Seattle and Tampa Bay. Miss Cynthia, start it off. I last week I saw like I I looked at that the Jameis Winston stats and I I. On our Friday fantasy live show, I was like, well, you know, my gut says something weird's going to happen here and James Winston's going to pull it off. And he did. And some people based their survivor pick on that. Don't do that on my gut. Don't do that ever. But <laughs> it ended up paying off. However, this week, Seattle is coming together at the the right time. This is they're pulling it all together. Honestly, in, in many statistical ways, you could say that they're surpassing the Cowboys in a lot of ways. They're playing a harder schedule. They're play- I just don't see Tampa Bay and their defense being able to shut down what the what Russell Wilson's got going on there. And I don't see Jameis Winston being able to out boom the Legion of Boom. Yeah, it's 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 kind of tough. I agree with you, Miss Cynthia. Seattle's the best team in the NFL. Seattle the overall most complete team. I think the most going complete. To the Super Bowl. Right. Yes, the most complete team. And Shaq, you've been saying this for a long time throughout this season, you're not going to jump off their bandwagon because they start slow because we tried that already. We might as well stay on because in the second half of the season, their record is just as good as anybody in the second half. And like you say, they're the total complete team. They play physical and defense. You got Cam Chancellor back who has been the enforcer. Now you see a healthy Russell Wilson, what he does. Well, he's now a wide receiver sometimes. Yes, now he's he's a wide receiver. (laughs) And they run game with ProSize. I know he's out, which is tough, but you still get Rawlings Thomas, back. Thomas you know? Rawlings is great. So it's, it, it's a lot of good pieces. Um, they're finding ways to win, but they're dominating for show on defense. Yeah. Well, Russell Wilson, <clears throat> when he's healthy, makes the offense go. They can scratch out enough points no matter what, in my opinion, in, in almost any game. And really, <clears throat> it's not smoke and mirrors. It's not Pete Carroll's scheme. Look at the pieces he has out there. I mean, man for man, when they're right, when you have Michael Bennett and Cliff, I mean, you let me go through all three levels. They are loaded, yes. loaded, loaded yep. on defense. This is an alt. I know that <clears throat> it ebbs and flows, and we talk about single season, great defenses and everything. This Seattle defense, you know, 20 years from now, 30 years from now, when we look back, it's going to – uh, it's going to stand up against Steel Curtain, Doomsday, you know, the rate, well, whoever you want to throw yeah. out. I mean, they're, they, they are loaded, and there are a lot of potential Hall of Famers in this, some generational players. Bobby Wagner, it, you know, is for real. I mean, he's as good as any defensive player in the NFL, let's, the Legion of Boom, so on. Let's move on to the next. Arizona is going to Atlanta. <laughs> Arizona is going what to What you think, Miss Cynthia? Uh, Atlanta. <laughs> I can't see. Unfortunately, I, I last year Carson Palmer hasn't returned. This year's Carson Palmer doesn't look like the same guy we saw last year before the playoffs. He kind of he's he's had some strange games that the passing game doesn't seem to be working the same way. I mean, Larry Fitzgerald has been working out of the slot, but the perimeter. What, what's going on out there? Uh, David Johnson. If you're playing fantasy, it's like always David Johnson. So set that aside. Always play David Johnson if you have him. But apart from David Johnson, there are not reliable pieces like we saw last year. And it's just it's it's confounding to me. I don't understand why we're seeing such a big difference because the personnel isn't all that different. Yeah, Ike, you know Bruce Arians. What gives here? This is the first real bump in the road he's had since he moved to Indianapolis a few years back. And, and we talk about this all the time. You take away the deep ball. And make them go 10, 15 plays, it's hard. OCs get anxious. They want them splash plays. They want them big plays. Now, granted, as much as we can talk about Carson Palmer, his receiver has been dropping a lot of balls. Correct. You know, Correct. His receivers has been dropping a lot of balls. But 
if if I'm gonna tote the load, I'm gonna give it to DJ David Johnson. Oh yeah, all day. He's gonna have at least forty touches. Forty mm-hmm. touches. I don't have to hand the ball off to him. Nope. He's gonna have forty touches until Carson Palmer gets his mind right and he's looking like the Carson Palmer from last year. But the thing about Carson Palmer is he's maxed out. That's Carson Palmer. Like we keep forgetting he had But last these. year he had like such a good year and, and Cynthia. What happened with John Brown? What happened to Michael Floyd? Like what what's going R- on? R. I. P. Chris Henry, Chad Ocho, right, T J Husmanzada, Corey Dillon slash Rudy Johnson. Right. He had the pieces. Right. Still couldn't get it done. Right. Still couldn't get it done. So now we go to Arizona. You get Floyd. You get Brown. You you get a, a old Fitzgerald, but in the slot, he's still working these young guys. And you got David Johnson right behind you, man. The man is ready to go at any time. A broke Le'Veon Bell is what, what I call him. Still can't get it done. You call him a broke because you're a Pittsburgh fan. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm saying that because <laughs> – <laughs> Athletic-wise, the total package, I would have Le'Veon Bell first, then a, a DJ second, you know, mm. just speaking in that term. But, yeah, like Carson Palmer, he's has them. Same thing as Peyton Manning. They both had pieces. Both has Peyton Manning figured it out and found a way. Carson Palmer hasn't figured it out or found a way. I think the Cardinals, in fact, it's it's grim enough that I don't think you can go into 2017 with Carson Palmer as your presumed starter. Oh, that, but that quarterback market is so strange, yes. so maybe you might well, have to, there's right? There's a guy who wears number nine who uh, is a backup in Dallas. No, he, he, I, he I might don't go think to Denver. Go there, he might right? go to Denver. Yeah. You need to go with strong defense. But it's, but it's weird because, I mean, really quick aside here, we're in like the end of a quarterback bubble, like like a you know it's a market bubble, right? Because the rookie pay scale, which was enacted in 2011, that has changed kind of the valuations of quarterbacks and the longevity and your willingness to kind of the free agency. Like Brock Osweiler was the beneficiary of that bubble. Well, correct, but but when you see just like in the quarterback market, like you know, so trading up into that like Teddy Bridgewater, that trading back, the Minnesota traded back up into the first round to get Bridgewater with their second pick in um, in the first round in 2011. He's giving them the insurance policy because he's paying. He's still on his rookie his rookie deal that they could go out and get a Sam Bradford. Whereas I, like, I, I completely can't. get what point you're making there. Yeah. That's absolutely right. The sweet spot for NFL rosters is when you have a high end QB who's on his first deal. That's why Russell Wilson and the Seahawks were able to get to those two Super Bowls. Kaepernick got those Super Bowl. Flacco won a Super Bowl. Roethlisberger won at least one of his Super Bowls in that situation. Maybe won uh, both his Super Bowls. When you, give your QB $20 million and compromise the depth of your roster by doing that, it does knock you down quite a bit. I'm with you, but so bottom line is Jay Cutler in Arizona next year. Good luck to you, Jay. Okay. So let's go. Let's move on to (laughs) Green Bay at Philly Monday night. Miss Cynthia. Philly. It's a tough one. Maybe because I am still seduced by uh, Aaron Rodgers and, you know, whatever else you want to put on the Packers and maybe this isn't Aaron Rodgers' best season you've ever seen him have. But then you watch him the last couple of games, he's still Aaron Rodgers. He's dynamite. This is just a deeply flawed team around him right now. I'm going to. I'm going to give him one more chance. I'm going to give but, the best quarterback I've ever seen one more chance. I'm throwing the red challenge for Frank <laughs> Rodgers gets it done this week. So here's – you want to know why I'm thinking not is because the Philly defense, that the front seven's really good. We, Green Bay hasn't established their ability to run the ball consistently. And then on the other side of the ball, Carson Wentz is a good quarterback. He's He's come through some like – you know. He's gotten better. He's, yep, like this. Yeah. Right. He's, he's had some like up, right. he's he's had some up, but I think that's to be expected for Correct. a rookie. And he's got kind of a weird cast of like, does he have the deep threat receiver? I whatever. I don't know. It, he I has don't really nothing. Know. Doesn't yeah. look like it, but I I don't know what plays they're calling, so I I can't tell you. Come for on, sure. Doriel Green Beckham, do but, something with all. But that the problem is, is those se- this the Green Bay defense and that secondary has been trending down, 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 down. And that's because of injuries, and they don't have any – like, if you're, if you're playing the entire game, then you're going to get tired. <laughs> they don't have any depth, so it's it, – and that becomes hard. So I think Carson Wentz is able to get it done. Philly wins if they're going with the game, same game plan as they did against the Seattle Seahawks. The Seattle Seahawks just out-hit Philly that game. And this is how you look at it. They put Cam back there at the free safety. Usually Earl Thomas III is back there – sitting at that free safety. 
So this was a statement. I'm putting Cam back here so when y'all run these slants and these deep balls, these receivers going to feel it a little bit different. It's a different kind of feel when you got a guy who's 205 pounds hitting you than a guy who's 235 pounds hitting you. And that's what they did. So they put Cam back there early in the game. He hit two receivers hard. And you know what the receivers say? Hey, coach, we got to change these routes. Because they got that grown man back there. But I like the game plan going into it. They just got out muscled that game. If they keep that game plan, they can beat Green Bay with that game plan. Mm -hmm. Green Bay, on the other hand, Aaron Rodgers is Aaron Rodgers. There's no more athletic. A lot of people doubt that. No, no, no. No, he's still Aaron Rodgers. He he, he is. And a lot of it is his fault. And he got to start saying me instead of them. But at the same time, his receivers has been driving balls. We saw Jared Cook late in the game get the peanut punch by Josh Norman to, to kind of seal the game for Washington. So, at the same time, A-Rod is still A-Rod. But in order for Philly to beat Green Bay, I believe they have to go with the same game plan they had against the Seattle Seahawks. They use Sproles and they put Sproles. They let, they let Sproles run in between the tackles, which I was glad to see. Because it's hard to get a hold of them. You can barely see them behind the offensive line. Yeah, but it might be Smallwood this week, and that's really the what you're getting at. It's the game of attrition. It's the opposite of the immovable object against the uh, unstoppable force. It's the opposite because the Packers can't stop anybody, and Philly's pass catchers can't catch footballs at all, and they are down to Smallwood in the backfield now, it seems like. So this is going to be – you know, It's going to be a shootout. May, yeah. yeah it's going to be a shootout. The Packers have been in every game. They've just been finding a way to lose. That's all that is. Detroit been in every game. They've been finding a way to win. That's right. <laughs> yes. Back to our conversation from two weeks ago. Yep. Yep. Uh, all right. Hey, Ike, awesome job hosting. Cynthia Freeland, awesome job chiming in. You two carried it today, and I appreciate it. Hope everybody has a happy Thanksgiving. Or happy Thanksgiving. After happy Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving, Ike. You wrap it up, though, fella. It's your old pal, Ike Taylor, man. <laughs> it's Cynthia Freeland, Dave Damashek, man. Thanks for listening. Tune in. Another shout-out to McDonald's. All-day breakfast. All-day, 24-7. Ike Taylor, Dave Damashek, Cynthia Freeland. Join us next week. It's been a thin slice of heaven. <laughs> <laughs> you go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cashback on purchases and pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Hey guys, back at the playground again, huh? Yep. You know what this playground could use? A wine country. Heck yeah, and some waves. So we could go surfing. Oh, <laughs> ah, love that. A redwood forest would be cool. I'm in. Ah, ski slopes. Let's do it. Um, can a girl go shopping? Yeah, baby. Wait. Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com.